in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he said, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So to seek first, to, to seek God first, what do you need to do? You need to have a quiet time, you need to read your Bible, you need to pray, and that is how you seek him first. So, you know, making the conscious effort to spend more time in his presence, you know. So if he was to, like, I know it's exam done season for some of you, some of you are finished exams, some of you are still doing the exams. But I know that in order to pass that exam, you need to seek that information, right? You need to seek it. It doesn't take one day, like opening a book and closing a book. If you do that, what are you going to do? You're going to fail. You're going to fail if you only do it once. But if you continuously make the effort to, you know, continue to seek that information, what are you going to do? You're going to pass. And how do you pass? It's by reading that information, by soaking it in, by absorbing it. You know, and that's the same thing we're meant to do with God's word. If God's word we're meant to continually seek his word, then that is how our relationship with God grows, by continuously seeking. So I don't know how you read your Bible. Maybe you read your Bible by reading, um, reading a verse a day. Maybe you read your Bible by reading a chapter a day. Maybe you read five chapters. Preferably, I, I read a chapter a day because... You know, at times, when you take in too much information, what happens? You forget, isn't it? So, in order to make that step to seeking, you need to take the small step, maybe if it's reading a verse, try reading a verse seven days a week, or try reading a chapter seven days a week, and try and meditate on it, you know? The Bible says in Joshua 1 verse, that the book of the law shall not be part of out of my mind, but I shall meditate there and day and night. And when you do that, you will con like continuously grow in the Lord. Amen? Amen. So seeking him first, seeking him first, make sure you put him as a priority. Read your Bible the first thing in the morning, make sure you pray, and make sure you know you do your devotion, you do your quieter. So yeah, that is the first point. So the first point was renew your mind by seeking God first. Amen? Amen. Um, point number two, renew your mind by serving God. Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom. Amen. 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 So Jesus' mission, his ultimate goal was to serve us. His ultimate goal was to serve us. And he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. So if Jesus can serve us, we need to also do that same thing by serving him. Like I was saying, it's just a relationship with God. You can't have a relationship with someone and not serve them. You both have to serve for the relationship to work well. Amen. You both have to serve for the relationship to work well. You have to do what makes your partner happy, and also your partner must do what makes you happy. Amen. So um, the service, you know, obviously I play this thing behind me, um, <laughs> but um, I never knew that me playing the drums would be so key to developing my relationship with God. Like me playing the drums, obviously as a kid, it was it was a fun thing to do. It was fun. I'm making noise, I'm, I'm hitting things, I'm enjoying myself. You know. But at the same time, as a kid, I didn't know I did not know that. That was me finding a way to serve God. Amen. And through that service, it has helped me grow in my relationship with God because now playing playing the drums is not just something I do for leisure. It is a responsibility. So every Sunday, I'm here playing the drums. Every prayer meeting, if there's a prayer meeting, I'm there playing drums. If there's a conference, I'm there playing drums. And as I'm playing the drums there, what am I doing? I'm seeking, like I was saying in the first place, I'm seeking God more because at all these things, I'm hearing the word of God. I'm hearing the word of God and it's helping me develop in my walk with God because... It's like 
going to school. If I was to go to school and go every day and learn nothing, my parents are wasting their time sending me there. Are they not? They're wasting their time sending me there. So if I'm going to these things, bit by bit, I'm picking up information. I'm learning more about the Word of God. So my service is what has helped develop my relationship with God. It's what has helped me grow in the Lord. Amen? And I'm not saying, like, by service, start preaching tomorrow. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying go and start preaching tomorrow. But something as small as being in the church, being an usher, being singing in the choir, playing an instrument, being in the media team, it all helps because what are you doing? You're making sure you're in the presence of God. Whilst you're serving, you're also growing. Amen? Amen. So, um, someone once told me that um, someone once told me that um, the, reward, uh, the reward for hard work is more work. And it's true. If you go to your workplace and they offer you a promotion, yes, they're going to pay you more, but what does that mean? It also, it also means you have a bigger workload than before. Correct? Yeah, you get a bigger, bigger workload than before. So imagine the more you serve the Lord, uh, serve the Lord Yes, there'll be more work for you to do, but at the end of the day, the same way you get paid more at the workplace, you'll be blessing them. Amen? Yeah. I mean, so, so point two was renew your mind by serving God. Amen. Point number three, renew your mind by having a heart to learn it. Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 7. I'll give them a heart to learn it. That I am the Lord, they will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. Amen. Amen. So, you know, having a heart for God is something, it's, it's a really important thing to have. It's a certain community. You know, David, even though he slept with Bathsheba, and he killed Uriah. God still said, David is a man after my own heart. Because the, the, the things David did, it was despicable. They were terrible things. But what did David say in Psalm 51? He says, Create me a, a clean heart. Amen? Amen? And that heart is what made it made it made God smile. Imagine, despite all the craziness you've done like David did. God still later on comes and says that this man here, yeah, he's crazy, but he's a man of my own heart. Amen? Amen? So we have to do our best to go after his heart. We have to do our best to, you know, constantly try to have that relationship with him. Constantly try and worship him. Constantly try to praise him. Do everything with a genuine heart. Do everything with a pure heart. Amen? So, with that, imagine you're always going to go to God for prayer. You're always going to him in prayer. But at the end of the day, you're only thinking about yourself. You're never thanking him, you're never praising him, you're never worshiping him. You're praying about you're praying all your paragraph prayer points about him, but you're forgetting about it. So imagine you may have a friend. You may have a partner. You are giving your all to them. You are being a good friend, being a good partner. And this person, and you're giving your all, you're giving your all, and this person is not reciprocating. They are not reciprocating. And all they do is asking, give me, give me, give me, give me. Don't you think that's selfish? It's selfish. So we need to try and be more selfless. We need to try to have a heart for him. We need to try and have offer our praises and worship unto him. Amen? Amen. So we have to have a heart for him. We have to pray that. We have to pray that um, Psalm 51 prayer. We have to pray that the Lord give us a clean heart. We have to pray for humility. Amen? We have to pray that we'll have a heart to know God and that we will be his people. Amen? Amen. Amen.
Renew point number four. Renew your mind by praying at least one hour a day. Then he returned uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 40 to 41. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. So pray for one hour. So we all have 24 hours in the day, right? So if you give them one, guess what? You have 23 remaining. So if you can't give him that one hour, what does that say about you? That's why you need to renew your mind because one hour of having a conversation with God, praying to God, offering him your praises and worship. And he's only asking for one hour. Meanwhile, you can be on the phone with someone for three hours. There's one friend I had. Um, he fell in love with a girl. And one time he was telling me that he was on the phone with her for like four hours. I was like, that's a whole WrestleMania. <laughs> Day one. <laughs> That is a whole WrestleMania kickoff show, opener, mid card matches, um, and main event match. I must be someone for four hours. I'm sorry, even if I love you, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's the thing: we 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 can give these hours to so many things, so many people, but we can't so offer up one hour just to speak to God, just to thank Him. And I get it. At times, praying for one hour is not an easy ask. It's not easy. Just have a normal conversation with them. Like, there's no one in the room. Find yourself a prayer closet or whatever. Just talk. Just talk. You know, little kids, um, they can talk to their imaginary friend and feel no way about it. But we, when it comes to us, us people, when it comes to talking to God, we feel some way about it, we feel shy about it. So if you struggle, then that's where you ask for guidance, ask for an accountability partner. I don't mind being someone's accountability partner. If your prayer topics are sensitive, don't worry. You don't have to send it to me. But I'll pray with you over Zoom, over a phone call. And also, Try to learn, if you don't have the gift of tongues, try and design the gift of tongues. It will make your prayer, prayer easy, easier. And even playing worship music in the background to create an atmosphere will make the prayer even nicer. Amen? And also, um, you know, there's these challenges, you know, um, what is it, these 10,000 steps challenges. If you want to get your steps in, you know, you can go for a walk around the park, go, or walk around, walk anywhere, just put your earphones in, just be playing your gospel music, and then you know, just be praying in tongues. Get your 10,000 steps, you know, ladies. You want to do wait for the uh, uh, wedding dress? That's that's a way of doing it. You're not in two birds with one stone, you're losing weight, and you're praying that you're losing weight at the same time. Proactiveness, you know? Amen. Amen. And also, there's the Zoom praise. A lot of you guys don't join. You know, the Zoom praise is only one hour. Someone will be leading you, so you won't have to struggle about what to pray about. I don't know what to pray about. There'll be someone leading you there, and it's only one hour, and it's at lunchtime, 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. So it's convenient. A lot of you are hybrid workers. A lot of you are remote workers and you haven't drank once since the thing has started. Only one hour. That's what Jesus said. One hour out of a day. And you have 23 hours to yourself. 23. Just to you. All you want is one hour. He didn't say pray for 20 hours. He didn't say pray for 10 hours. He didn't pray for, he say, 
prayed for five hours. He said, one, just one. We need to give him that time. You know? Also, if you if you struggle, create an Excel Excel uh, uh, Microsoft Excel to be accountable. Just um write down uh I've prayed for one hour today, just pick a one and then you tally up. Um yeah, so use your Excel to be accountable. Amen. Amen. So renew your mind by praying at least one hour a day. Can we do that? Can yes. we change our minds about that? Will we be joining the Zooms more now? Yes. Amen. Lunch time, 12 to 1 p.m. I know a lot of you guys go to lunch at 1, at 1 p.m. So you guys will get away with it. Just put your airport in or whatever and cover it. And they, they would even like, uh, most of the times they care, but they don't care. You can get away with it. They care, but they don't care. If your job is that micromanaged, maybe think about me. <laughs> Amen. Um, point number five renew your mind because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Therefore, if anyone, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal to us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who he had chosen to be sent for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. Amen. So, what is it saying here? Renew your mind because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And it's true. Once you give your life to Christ, it's your new creation. All old things have passed away. So whatever you're thinking that God doesn't love you because of what has happened in the past, once you give your life to Christ, Christ has forgiven you. Amen. Amen. And then he's forgiven you. So don't forget about what has happened. I know there's some situations that may have been difficult in the past that you did not imagine yourself being in, you did not imagine yourself that sort of thing is happening to you. There's a lot of crazy things that happen to people on this earth, a lot of crazy things. But I just want to remind you that forget about it because you are a new creation. All of things are possible. Amen. Amen. Like, you know, the thing about sin, God hates sin, but he doesn't hate the sinner. Amen? He hates sin, but he doesn't hate the sinner. So, so the same way, if, if one of your loved ones had cancer, God forbid, God forbid, if one of your loved ones had cancer, you don't hate your loved one, do you? You don't. You don't hate your loved one. But what do you hate? You hate the cancer itself. You hate the cancer itself because it is affecting your loved one. You hate to see how it has affected your loved one. You want to see your loved one happy and healthy. And that's just like God. He hates the sin. He doesn't hate the sin. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be free. The Bible said, who's the son set free? is free indeed. Amen. Amen. So once you become a new creation in Christ, you are forgiven of all your sins. He does not care about your past. He does not care about your past. Amen? Amen. So always remember that no matter what sin you have committed, God's blood has, uh, has washed it away. Amen? Has washed it away. And because of that, you have now been made righteous through Christ. Amen. You're not righteous by your own efforts. You're not righteous by your own efforts. You know, Reverend Greg is always teaching about the grace of the Lord. If we were righteous, 
if like if we were righteous on our own efforts, that would be law, that would be grace. It's only you can only be righteous through Christ. So there's no such thing as self-righteousness. If you want to be self-righteous, go for it. But I promise you that's will be tough for you. So amen. So renew your mind. So forget about what's happened to you. In Christ Jesus, you are a new creation. Amen. Amen. Page number six, renew your mind because there is no more condemnation in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, there is now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Amen. 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 So, condemnation. At times, we as Christians, we could be hypocrites because we tend to condemn other Christians just because they didn't grow up in the church, just because they don't live the way we do, just because they don't do the things that they are supposed to do as a Christian, we, we start to condemn them. But in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. Amen. If you remember the time, Mary, Lazarus' sister, she went into the room where Jesus was, and she started wiping his feet with her hair, and he was crying. She was crying and anointing his feet with perfume. And Peter started condemning her. He's like, why is she, why is she here? Why is she here? Like, what? What is she doing here? Like, she's not worthy to be amongst one of us. And then Jesus was like, huh? You that you're doing self-righteous, the righteous high mass. When have you ever cleaned my feet? When have you ever done what she's doing? You know, what Peter was thinking was law based because he was thinking that she's a harlot. He would like, you don't know what she was doing last night. As people say, you don't know what that mouth means, though. But don't worry, you're not the person. <laughs> Yeah. You don't know what I'm asking you, so why, why are you embracing it? Why are you accepting it? But our same Jesus was like, he who is without sin cast the first stone. So none of us can cast the first stone. We cannot condemn anyone because of what Christ Jesus has done. He, he's forgotten about all of our sins. So we should no longer condemn people. And you do know if you condone someone is sinning, right? If you condone someone, you are sinning. So you should not condone people because Christ does not condone you. Neither does he condone the person that you're condemning. Amen. Amen. Renew your mind. Point number seven. Renew your mind by resting in the world. The Lord replied, uh, Exodus chapter 33, verse 14. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Amen. Amen. So we need to start resting in the Lord. I remember there was a time when I was in uni, I was ill, I was very, very ill, and I had a deadline coming up. So I applied for extension because I was very poorly fast. I began stressing out. I began stressing out because I was thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm very ill, but my extension is only two weeks. So, I went to sleep. You've got to start doing the work. And you'll be surprised at the grade that I got back. Just by resting. At times, this is going to sound a bit weird coming from me, but at times as Christians, we overpray. We overpray. You know, we pray with 
worry and we pray with fear at times. We think the situation is bigger than our God, but our God is bigger than the situation. Amen. So at times we pray with fear and we wonder why is this not being answered? This these prayers are not being answered because you pray with fear at times. The certain situations, if you if you're feeling stressed, just rest. Amen. Because um, God, if you if you if you allow God to work, He will work for you. So sometimes just rest. You know, when you when you rest, God works. When you rest, God works. That's when He does what He's supposed to do. But when when you try to take over, when you're stressed out and you try to take over. God rests because you think you can do it on your own. You think you can do that on your own. But at times we just need to trust in God. We just need to trust him that he will see us through. We just have to trust that he will see us through. So we have to make sure that we rest in him. We rest in his presence. Because he said, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. So that means his presence is with us. Amen. Point number eight. Renew your mind by being planted in the Lord. Psalm 92, verse 13. Be planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Amen. Amen. So I can use this church as an example that how I'm planted here, but I'm going to use another example. So, when I went to uni, I didn't necessarily find, find a church, but a church found me. Um, I got in contact with a bassist, and he just asked me to go come there and start playing drums. And I started praying, uh, playing the drums there, going there faithfully every Sunday when I was in Coventry. So the thing is, a lot of people, they go to uni and they forget about going to church. And if you are to meet them, like their relation, the relationship with God, you can tell it's very stagnant. It's not moving. They are not growing in the Lord. Once you are planted in a church, like this church, or if you're going to uni, I, I really do ask you to go to church. Once you are planted, the thing that happens, once you hear the word of God, once you, um, even the prayer, uh, the morning prayer, before the service, the praise and worship, the whole, the whole thing, the whole service, what is happening is that you're being watered. You're being watered. You're being watered and you're growing in the world. You're growing bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit. You're growing in the world. Amen. So once you are planted, your relationship with God begins to begins to develop. Amen. So renew your mind by being planted in the Lord. Whether you're coming here every Sunday, or you're going to uni and you're going to church, go there every Sunday. Be planted, grow in the Lord. Amen. Grow in Him. You know, otherwise. If you allow your attendance to become piggy hagar, your relationship with God will become piggy hagar. Because your, your relationship, whether you like it or not, people try to say, make it seem as if um, going to church is not enough, that you can have a sustainable relationship without um, going to church. Without going to church. And that's not true. Because you learn the fundamentals from church, you learn the foundations from church. Amen. So imagine you're you're in a relationship with someone. Do you expect the relationship to grow if you don't go out of your way to go see them? You don't. So why is it that if you don't go to church, that your relationship with God will grow? Why is it? Even like some, some of you, or some people, the only time you hear the word of God is when you come to church. That's the only time. You don't go out of your way to listen to the word of God at home. 
back on YouTube or whatever on your podcast or whatever. You don't go out of your way to listen to them. So if you struggle to do that, imagine not coming to church on top of it. How would your relationship be? How would your relationship be? So make sure you go. If you're going to uni, go to church. Or if you're coming here, come every Sunday because you'll grow in the Lord. You'll be fed. You'll be fed. You'll be fed. You're thirsting for the word of God, amen? So you, that is how you grow in the world, by being planted. Because have you ever seen that plants, they're rooted, they stay in one spot. They don't move anywhere else unless you pluck it out and take it away. They stay in one spot from the moment they grow until the, until the day they die. They stay in one spot, they don't move anywhere. So that is why you should be planted in the world, amen? So you should grow in the world, amen? Point number nine, renew your mind by being spirit-led. Romans chapter eight, verse 14. For those who are led by the spirit of God, they are the children of God. Amen? You know, at times, as humans, especially Afri Afri Africans, if you ask them for directions, Knowing they don't know where knowing they don't know where you're talking about, knowing they don't know where you're going, they'll still stand there with that plan life with their mouth and everything. They call it plan life, but really truly you're meant to turn right, amen. And that is what it's like being spirit uh, led by the spirit. The spirit will steer you into the right direction. The spirit will steer you into the right direction, amen. And you're wondering, how do I be led by the Spirit of God? How do I know I'm being led by the Spirit of God? And here's one thing about being led by the Spirit of God. You can only be led by the Spirit of God by if you believe in Jesus Christ. Amen? Because Jesus himself, when he was on earth, he said that I have to go for something greater will come. And that was the Holy Spirit. And it is a gift to only us believers. Yes, in general, people are children of God. But to be a believer is a different thing. That's a different nation. Yeah, it's a different thing. You can be a Jew, you can be a Muslim, you can be a Catholic. But if you do not believe in Jesus as the Son of God, you cannot have the Spirit because the Spirit comes after Jesus. Amen. And how are we led by the Spirit? Have you ever heard a word, like heard a sermon, a word of God, and something is pressing in your heart, and God is urging you to do something, and then you hear that sermon, and then there's a confirmation? That's the Spirit. The Spirit is trying to lead you. Have you ever done, read the Bible, or done your quiet time. And you know, your quiet time is your learning time. So the majority of the time you learn. But one day in particular, you're like, this is speaking to my situation. This is spirit leading me to do something. The spirit leading me to something. Amen? So that is how we're led by the spirit of God. It's this inner urge, it's this inner voice. It's leading us to, you know, do what the Lord wants us to do. Amen? And so, we are led by the Spirit of God. And because we are the children of God. Amen? Um, so yeah, our last point. Point number 10. <coughs> Renew your mind by forgiving people that have wronged you. Mm. Mm. I'll say it again. Renew your mind by forgiving the people that have wronged you. You know the saying, save the best for last. This is why this is point number 10. Amen? So, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. And it says, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. 
So what are debts? It's something that you owe. What are debts? Something that's been owed to you. Amen. So Christians, how come Jesus being the most almighty being can forgive all of you, but you can't forgive them? The person that I've wronged you. Jesus came down to this earth so that he could forgive you. But the person that I've wronged you, you can't forgive them. Why is that? Why is that? You know, Jesus, when he was on the cross, God was angry, angry by the way they beat him, they brutalized him, the way they treated him. And what did Jesus say? Forgive them. They do not know what they do. And I'm sorry. If 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 you haven't been beaten the way Jesus has been beaten, everyone here should be able to forgive. Amen. We've all seen the passion of the Christ, right? We've all seen what happened to Jesus, right? And despite all of that, he still forgave. He still forgave. Amen. He still forgave. Um, Michael, if you could put first Peter chapter four, verse eight on the board, please. Um, NIV, please. Are you going to have NIV? All right, let me get my Bible up. And it says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Let me say that again. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. So it's our duty to love one another. It is our duty to love one another. It doesn't matter what someone has done to you. Forgive them. I'm not saying... After you forgive them, go and entertain them. You don't have to go and entertain them. As long as you forgive them in your heart, that's all that matters. And guess what happens? Once you forgive, God forgives you too. Amen. Amen. So if you don't forgive, how can God forgive you? We, we, can, we can learn about grace as much as we want. But if we don't offer grace unto others, then we've misunderstood the concept of grace. We've misunderstood it completely. So we as Christians, people say that we have to be the examples of Christ on this earth, right? Mm -hmm. We have to be the examples of Christ on this earth. So we need to go out of our way to forgive people, no matter what they've done. And I know what people can do, it hurts. It hurts. We've all been offended before. It hurts. It hurts. It doesn't matter where you go, you can't escape it. Whether it's church, whether it's the gym, whether it's your workplace, you can't escape offense. People will do something to offend you. But what you have to do is you have to forgive. The Bible says we have to turn our other cheek. We have to turn our other cheek. So we have to do our best to offer grace unto others. Like it says, loving. Love above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. That's what we need to do. We need to love each other. Even like, even if they've done you dirty, done you wrong, even pray for them. Pray for your enemies. Pray for them that they may know Christ so that Christ may also forgive them. Pray that they will come to know Christ. Pray for your enemies, even if they keep on saying bad things to you or doing bad things to you. Pray that whatever happens, Lord, turn their heart to whenever they speak or mention my name, 
they will only speak blessings. They will only speak blessings. They, even if they try to insult me, even if they try to do something wrong to me, it will only be dumb blessing. The Bible says that he prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. Where is this table, people? It can't be in hell. It has to be in heaven. So we have to pray for these people to come and know Christ. So we need to renew our minds concerning forgiveness and forgive the people that have wronged us simply because Christ has forgiven us and he wants us to love others. Amen? And this is where I will end the sermon. So um, let us all make effort to renew our minds daily concerning everything. I, I hope people will read down the 10 points. Uh -huh. um, yes, yeah, so we need to renew our minds. Make sure we do it. Make sure we do it. I'll even go further and embark a 30 day challenge. Whether it is you going out of your way to send a Bible verse or you know, those graphic pictures that on new version, you send it to people. Or go out of your way to. Evangelize to someone. Evangelism nowadays, it doesn't have to be street preaching. Evangelism can be done on social media. You can use the social media to evangelize. You can send a verse, you can do whatever. Or you can record yourself doing like reading your Bible or whatever. Embark on this 30 day challenge to renew your mind and see what happens, see what the Lord will do for you. Amen? And right now, Elizabeth, if you can help me out here. There is. No, 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 that's not. That's not. That's a song by Israel Hutton called a, it's a beautiful song. Every head down, every eye closed. If you want to rededicate your life, dedicate your life to Jesus, you can stand up. There's never a time better than now. Say this word to me. I declare that you are my Lord and personal Savior. I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's the Father of my life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.
Thank you. 